It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P., Joe P. Zapia, and today officially kicks off what? Our NFL coverage. I know you've all been waiting for it. We've had so much going on, baseball, Olympics, so many things, but it's football season. That's right. Training camp is here, and from now on, I promise you, we're going to have a whole lot more football talk the next month or so, all leading up into the season, and of course, in season, we're going to take you through everything you need to know all week long in terms of the lines, where they're moving, and where you want to place your bets. And of course, today we want to kick things off with our AFC preview. We're going to talk to you about the win totals, the props, the division, and also those conferences as well, who we think might come out of that AFC. Uh, And of course, those division winners are really important too. There might be a few divisions that are really more up for grabs than we might think. And of course, there's nobody better to talk about all this with. And one of my favorite people, she is a rising star or maybe already a star on the Sports Grid Network. You see her every single morning for three full hours. And you know what? That's not enough. On the morning after, you can catch her on MSG as well. And of course, she's known to most as the prop queen, but she's everywhere. Rocking and rolling from the FanDuel Sportsbook five days a week. Ariel Epstein, it is so nice to see your face and have you on the show today to talk a little AFC preview with you. How are you this fine afternoon? Joe Pisapia, I am so excited <laughs> to be here today. Also, I had no idea when you invited me on that this was going to be kicking off your NFL coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pressure. At least I don't have to go up against anyone else's opinions yet. So that's good. I get to start it off. Maybe a little of mine, but who cares? A good difference of opinion makes for good radio, for good podcast, for good TV. Steel sharpens steel, Ariel. That's what it's all about. It's about all of us getting some good information and then letting everybody else go out there and fish or whatever the hell that used to be about. So today, like I said, it's AFC time, so we're going to chat about that. And I know you are a Ravens fan. I'm a Patriots fan. Somehow we will try our best to coexist for the next half hour or so. Make it all work. There have been some great battles over uh, the last few years or so for our teams. But I want to start with the AFC East. And obviously the Bills, who last year had quite a run, came real close to the Super Bowl, fell a little short. Josh Allen had a great season. They clearly are leading things off here at minus 155. And uh, that is, of course, our betting consensus pros number. And for all the betting consensus pros numbers, you go to bettingpros.com and you can see where all the different sports books are pushing you towards where the lines are, where the values are as well. No surprise to see the Bills at the top. Then the Dolphins at plus 300. Of course, my Patriots at plus 350. And then the Jets, the lowly Jets, at mm. plus 2,500. So let's leave the Jets out of the equation. They're, they're so adorable, aren't they? The Jets so like, trying to get another quarterback. They really try. Don't you love it, Ariel, when they try to get another quarterback every couple years? And that's going to be the one, right? It's going to be the one, especially uh, you know when their passing yards prop is, what, 3,400 yards or something like that this year. It's a mess. But I do love their new head coach, Robert Salah. I think that Salah is going to do a great job there. It's just not going to be this year. I, I agree 1,000%. I'm a huge fan of him. Hopefully, he can it's be a guy that thing. finally gets That's to why him. you like him, right? I, well, I'm not going to lie. That's a big part of it. He's definitely handsome, obviously. You could tell from that. So let's talk about, does anybody have a shot here in this division besides Buffalo? Because the Dolphins did draft Jalen Waddle. They did bring in Will Fuller. Last year was a very difficult circumstance for Tua to really kind of develop. The locker room was kind of against him. 
the injury was against him, no preseason, all of that was against him. Do the Dolphins have a chance here at plus 300, or do the Patriots, with all those players coming back from COVID, have a shot here? Or is it just a foregone conclusion that the East belongs to Buffalo? It is a foregone conclusion that the East belongs to Buffalo. You're asking someone that has been constantly saying the next curse to be broken is the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl curse. We have broken so many curses in sports in the last few years. The Cubs, the Red Sox, the Capitals. It is time for the Buffalo Bills to break the curse. They just signed their quarterback, Josh Allen, to a huge extension through 2027. All the Bills have to do is improve their defense. Two years ago, the Bills' defense was top 10 in the league. Last year, they weren't in that category, but their offense was top 10 in the league. If they can combine the two, two years ago and last year, the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. Their head coach, Sean McDermott, is a defensive-minded coach. He was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. If there's anyone that can get the job done in improving this defense, it's the defensive mind of Sean McDermott. The problem with the other teams in this division is there's too much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Tua Vailoa for Miami last year, he was a turnover-prone quarterback. He was still a little bit shaky on his feet. And even though they added to the receiver position, I'm still not convinced that this Miami team is good enough to get through the division. Your Patriots are a team that's <laughs> tough for me to bet on because I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. How long is Cam Newton really going to stay under center? Or are they going to try to make the switch to Mac Jones midway through the year? I don't want to bet on a team that may be making a mid-switch, a mid, a mid-year switch at quarterback. Even though Justin Herbert was the rookie of the year last year for the Chargers and had an amazing rookie season, he has all these veterans around him and it still wasn't enough to get the Chargers to the playoffs when they have a team like the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at the top of their division. That's how I feel about the Patriots and the Dolphins. Just not enough experience when you have this Bills team that's now built playoff experience for the last two years. All they really have to do is zone in on that defense. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's Buffalo's to lose, and I can't see putting money on the Dolphins or the Pats. Like you said, uncertainty is the biggest thing. Now, look, these teams might end up in the playoffs, but winning that division, uh, and I do think that's secondary uh, can get back to where it was a couple years ago for Buffalo. They were a fantastic group. They also hit hard, which is nice. Yeah. You don't see a lot of secondaries that still hit people the way they do. A little bit of intimidation factor is good. They need a little bit better play up front. It's a little bit harder, line. too, when you're in Buffalo in December. The hit is just a little bit harder. It's a little bit more, but that's also what hurts them on the offensive side. They don't run the football very well. Outside Correct. of Josh Allen, that's the problem. When you get to December and January and you don't have a running game in Buffalo – it does kind of come around to bite you. Just go back and look how close that Indianapolis Colts playoff game ended up becoming at the end because you can't run out clock. That's an issue. You want to make sure you take advantage of that weather. Now, I want to take advantage of this division that we're going to talk about next because this is the AFC North, and I know this is very personal to you, but this is all business here on the show. This is what we do at Betting Pros. The Ravens are at the top somehow. Betting consensus plus 120. The Cleveland Browns, that's right. The Cleveland Browns plus 145, the Steelers at plus 425, and the Bengals all the way at 20 to 1. Bengals still work in progress. We'll leave them alone. Hopefully Joe Burrow gets his knee right and his confidence back, and they're just fun to watch from a fantasy perspective. But all of a sudden, it's a little different dynamic that we're starting to see. All of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns, the depth of the Browns, the defense of the Browns, the running game of the Browns, all that looks really good. So are you confident that the Ravens can take a step forward offensively and start to throw the ball a little bit more, become a little bit more of a diverse offense? Or do you think maybe, just maybe, the Browns have a real shot at this thing? I know that's a loaded question, but I ask it anyway. 
The Browns on paper should have a shot at this thing. The problem is that they're the Browns. Even though last year they still had a good season, I'm concerned about what's going to happen with the mental cases on this team. You have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Granted, Odell's back from tearing his ACL. Baker Mayfield, another head case. And then you have the defensive side, Jadavion Clowney, who can't stay healthy. And you have Miles Garrett, who, okay, he's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, I'm still concerned. I, I love this Browns team on paper. I just can't put money on them. There's too much, again, uncertainty when it comes to consistency. And the Browns, to me, I just can't rely on. They just can't win the big game. They can't get past the Ravens. And they can't get past the Steelers, to be honest. They always keep it close. Can they take the next Can they take the next step? Mm -hmm. The AFC North is really tough to handicap because you're right. The Ravens are a team that even though they've added young wide receivers, they added Sammy Watkins, another player that can't stay on the field for more than half a season. I, I wish that about this half team, a quarter, half a quarter. <laughs> right. Sammy Watkins is so tough to watch play. And then earlier today, the day that we're recording this Rashad mm -hmm. Bateman, their rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota is limping off the field after going up for a ball at practice. If the Ravens can't stay healthy, I mean, this thing's over. But apparently, Mark Andrews and Lamar still have a good dynamic, which I'm not surprised by. The problem is, last year, it's hard to judge because the Ravens didn't really have camp. They didn't have much of a summer. And that was really the year that they needed Lamar Jackson to excel in the passing game. The good thing, the Ravens can't get worse at the pass. <laughs> they were the worst pass offense in the NFL last year. It really can't get worse. They can only go up. The Ravens can improve this passing game if Bateman stays healthy on the field, if Sammy Watkins can play a few games, and if Hollywood Brown can somehow get better. And he, we, showed, we saw glimpses of it last year towards the end of the season. I'm just hoping that Bateman can challenge Hollywood on the other side. I'm not betting anything in this division, and I, I know that that's hard to say because I'm here on a show trying to give out picks. But the one thing I would do is I actually like the Steelers over eight and a half wins. Mm -hmm. I would go more win total in the AFC North than I would for betting any of these teams to win the division because this division's always close. This division, you will usually have three out of the four teams make it into the playoffs, if not two out of the four teams make it into the playoffs. It's I think last year was the second time in the last decade where the AFC North had two uh, had three teams go to the playoffs out of it. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a tough one because Ben Roethlisberger, you have to wonder about his arm and his age, but he looks good. He cut down. He slimmed out. I can't see Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin together in Pittsburgh having a below 800, or excuse me, a below 500 season. So mm. I would say over eight and a half wins for the Steelers would be the way I would play this division. I, I agree with that on the win total too. I also think the Steelers are fascinating at the 425 because that's where you make your money. You yeah. know, if all of a sudden these injuries do pile up, I saw that Bateman news like you did right before he came on and I'm very high on Bateman and fantasy this year. And that kind of certainly throws a little wrinkle mm -hmm. in all of my hopeful projected plans for that passing game. The Browns, you're right, are a bit of an enigma and the Browns will Brown from time to time. The Steelers, you know, with Najee Harris coming back in, that's the problem is they, again, couldn't run the football, right? They become a one-dimensional offense. What happens? They Yeah, they can't get worse the at the run game and the Ravens can't get worse at the pass game. Yeah, maybe they could just combine all the rosters together and then they'll have a really good chance at maybe, beating maybe the beating the Chiefs. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, we'll get to the Chiefs uh, in a second. I want to talk to you about this next division because in the South, the Titans are the clear favorites at minus 134. And I think they should be right now, especially with what's going on right now with Carson Wentz. We're not exactly sure when he's going to come back, how that's going to work anyway, even if he was healthy. 
still, like I said, questions. And like you were mentioning before, it seems like the Titans are just going to run away. I'm actually surprised that the number's just minus 134. I thought this would be even greater. You got the Colts at plus 180. Then the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and obviously that new regime with Urban Meyer coming in at plus 600, plus 2,800 for the Texans. Let's not even talk about the Texans, okay? They do not deserve our attention. I don't care if Deshaun Watson plays, doesn't play. I don't care. It's a terrible roster. So really, it's about the Titans number at minus 134. To me, if you like the Titans, you got to get in on it now because I don't see this number as you start to see them in preseason getting any better. I think this is going to go into that minus 200 range potentially because I just think the rest of this division is just clearly a step behind. Colts are a good defensive team, but do you think that the Colts have any shot here if Carson Wentz does come back sooner on that timeline to compete for this division at all? I do think the Colts have a chance to compete. The thing is, I wouldn't be betting the Colts right now because you're still getting them, as you mentioned, at a pretty decent price. And, and like it's short odds kind of price. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Titans minus 134, it's probably the best you're going to get them for now. If you get no Carson Wentz for the first, let's say, five weeks, like it says, of the season, Carson Wentz being, or excuse me, five to 12 weeks is the label. So mm-hmm. let's just say he's out the first three games of the year, four games of the year. Carson Wentz's, uh, uh, the Colts' odds are going to go much longer if they lose mm. two out of four games. Right. You're going to want to wait for that better number on the Colts if you're going to get them to lose the first few games of the year. Now, I have to go look back at their schedule and see how the end of the season looks, but I'm pretty sure that the end of the season for the Colts isn't as bad as the beginning. The Colts are going to lose early games anyway because from what I remember, they have to play really tough. I'm pretty sure they get the Rams early on. Uh, I don't know if you have the schedules pulled up, but I probably should. Um, I was looking at these schedules for the Colts, and I thought, wow, like this is a really tough start to the year for them. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up. Too. Well, the start to the season begins with yeah, the Seahawks, Seattle and the Rams, the exactly. Titans, and then that Dolphins defense and the Ravens defense. Right. But so. you look at, so now I have it pulled up too. So you, you start off with a really tough first right. five weeks. So at some point you're going to get a better number on the Colts at that, and in that span, but look at the last five weeks of the year for the Colts. You've got Houston, New England, Arizona, Vegas, and Jacksonville. If you have your team healthy at that point, and yes, maybe you could be in a hole, but you are playing in the AFC South, which is one of the worst divisions in football, minus the Tennessee Titans. You have two, you have four games against two teams that should finish below 500. You've got Houston that you have to go up against and Jacksonville. You could go and get four wins like that in that division. So now you're really just focusing, yes, you have Tampa Bay tough, Buffalo tough. There are really tough games on this schedule that Tennessee also has to play against. That's why I could see at the end of the year, the Colts could make a run. You're just going to get better. You're going to get a better number with better value on Indianapolis if you wait for about week three or four. This is why I have you on the show. So you could say smart things like that to make everybody a better better which is a weird thing to say now that I realize I just said a better, better. Better, better. All right, let's move on to the West. Is there really anything to say? The Chiefs minus 335. I mean, you can't bet it, so forget it. There's nobody else. I'm sorry. The Chargers, no. the Broncos, the Raiders, forget it. So we're not going to waste anybody's time but here But I have this to one. point something out to you. And okay. this is more going AFC broad picture, and I, I don't All think right. that this team's going to – I don't think this team's going to win the AFC. That would just be crazy. The Vegas Raiders have been one of the sharpest teams that I've been hearing about. Even though I wouldn't bet them to win the division, I would look to the Raiders' win total. There are a lot of Mm -hmm. really smart cappers who I've heard betting on the Vegas Raiders over for their wins. 
And it when I looked in the futures market, Joe, it was so in, it was so weird because we do this segment called Market Movers on the morning after. We look at how the markets moved from a time I snapshotted it months prior to what the odds are now. When I was snapshotting the AFC odds back to about a month ago, I think it was like mid-July, I snapshotted these odds of the AFC mm. picture. The odds were 41 to 1 for the Vegas Raiders to win the AFC. Those odds moved to 37 to 1. No one had odds move in their favor that significantly to win the AFC more than the Vegas Raiders did. I mean, other teams had the line move in their favor, but not that much. 41 to 1 to 37 to 1. Even though, again, I don't think the Vegas Raiders are going to win the conference, I do see there being some value on Vegas to the over on their win total. Yeah, I I would agree with that as well. And I'll tell you what, I also think it's going to be a huge home field advantage that people don't realize yet. That building, when you see it, and you kind of see and feel what Las Vegas could be and how excited they would be. You didn't get to mm-hmm. see it last year. Nope. So at full capacity, if you do get to that this season, which it seems like we're going to be going towards that, at least hopefully for now, fingers crossed, that home field advantage for the Raiders is what turns that win total. Because if they become a very good team at home, just like that new building in Minnesota a couple years ago, and it was so loud, right? What happened last year? All of a sudden that defense collapsed. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe it's because all of a sudden that volume went out of the building. Maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were. So I think that home field advantage could be a really huge one for Las Vegas that we haven't seen yet. All right, let's try to get it. Hopefully after week one, though. Hopefully after week one. Of course. Of course. I'm going to get your team out of there unscathed. Uh, AFC champion. Let's take a look at some of the favorites and the long shots. Now, the favorites are clearly the Chiefs at plus 250. Then you've got the Bills at plus 550. The Ravens at plus 650. And the Browns, yes, they're a favorite still, plus 750. I'm going to say it anyway. Any other money you want to put anywhere but the Chiefs on some of these other favorites? Because I personally think the Bills have a really good shot here. I like the plus 550 on them. I love the Buffalo Bills. Told you. I'm on You and me both. Look at us. Coming together on the Bills. I I love the Bills. I'm right there with you at the Bills to have the most value at plus 550 to win the AFC. I even love the Bills to win the Super Bowl at 10 to 1. I love this last year. I even said last year when I was giving out my win totals. It was until this year where the books finally caught up to us. Buffalo has been so underbooked for the Mm -hmm. last three years that I can't last year. I remember this specifically because I did this whole like COVID video thing where I was giving out win totals in COVID. I was so bored. I was editing. And, we did a lot uh, of weird things. During yeah, I was that so pandemic. bored. I was all just like us, editing all these both, random videos. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically because the Buffalo Bills win total last year was, I want to say nine, not, like around that range. Yeah, I think you're right. Then I said in the video, okay, the Bills hit their, first of all, went over that year prior anyway but the bills hit their win total of i'm pretty sure it was like six and a half seven and a half two years ago by thanksgiving and i remember saying that because when i did that research i couldn't believe that the bills hit their win total two years ago by thanksgiving and they went over that nine wins so easily let two years ago that i couldn't believe last year's win total was still just a nine and a half i bet the over and it ended up hitting this year they caught up to us and they're right. both one of the best teams in the AFC, rightfully so. I still believe that the Kansas City Chiefs, now you're going to tell me they're going to go three straight Super Bowls. I mean, that's a lot. There's This is wide open in the AFC. Someone's coming out of it. I know it's not going to be the Chiefs. I'm just willing to say that the Chiefs are not making the Super Bowl for a third straight year. This it's is the difficult. same it's, team. It's, it's not very difficult to change do. much except the offensive line. It's the same team that we've seen when it comes to skills players for the last few years, I'm going to say someone else is coming out of this division. It's just a matter of which defense out of the AFC is going to be the best. 
Well, I think you also got some clarity last year because I think you saw the deficits of the Bills. And I think they realized what they needed to work on. But you also saw a team like Cleveland go, hey, we can hang with this team. Mm-hmm. And I think that builds confidence. Even though they lost, I feel like you kind of come away going, well, maybe we're better than we realize and we actually should be in this conversation. Look, if Lamar Jackson plays up, like I said, to his abilities and also people forget it, he was a good pocket passer in college. The offensive line is not really built for pass protection. It's built for running. So that's going to be a fascinating evolution. But like you said, and we were talking about before, it's about the health. If the health of the wide receiving core isn't there, then we're right back to where we used to be, which is predictable. I think that builds a plus 550 is where I want to go. But you know what? That's no fun. Those are favorites. Let's talk about the long shots. Let's go with the Titans plus 1,300, the Patriots plus 15, the Dolphins are at plus 15, the Chargers at plus 16. It's all about the Titans for me. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It's Music City. I'm here for it. I love what they did adding Julio Jones. I don't think people realize how devastating that combination of those two wide receivers is going to be. Bud Dupree is an incredible pass rusher. Also, they're not giving enough credit to that move. I understand there's still deficits on the defensive side. But can I sell you on Ryan Tannehill, Mike Vrabel, Derrick Henry, and this group of wide receivers with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones being this team maybe that people don't realize is going to come through and just whoop on everybody, get hot at the right time, and go all the way to the Super Bowl? You can sell me on it. This team has proven they can get there. Coaching is everything. That's what scares me a bit with the Browns, too, because they won a playoff game without a head coach, and then they ended up having their head coach and losing. I mean, like, what's the problem here? So for for me to see that Tennessee has their head coach, Mike Vrabel, who was able to outcoach Bill Belichick in a playoff right. game, it's that alone is impressive. But then you look at this team who defensively, they were able to play up two years ago, and that's what got them to where they did in the AFC Championship game. And then for the, the new wide receivers coming in, where you have one of the best wide receivers coming over from Atlanta and Julio Jones, and you have him alongside some top-notch receivers. Oh, and your running back, Derrick Henry. And then you yeah, have that guy. Yeah, that guy. And Ryan <laughs> Tannehill has proven himself to be a to be a reliable quarterback and his completion percentage in the playoffs has been fine. He hasn't done anything to throw. He hasn't done anything to make me believe that he's not the quarterback that can get them there. I do believe out of all these teams that you were listing that the Tennessee Titans are that long shot at 13 to one to win the AFC because they have the opportunity to be the most well-rounded team. The real question is special teams. Did they improve special teams from last year? Because last year watching us, Kowski and watching this team continue to blow games because they can't get special teams right. That's going to be the difference. This Tennessee team last year could have had three more wins at least if they were able to make field goals. No, the special teams were absolutely atrocious for that team. And you're right. It all is all about coaching. That's at the end of the day, you can have all the talent on a roster you want in the NFL. If you don't have the coaching, you don't have the schemes, you don't have the game plan, the adjustment. You're not right going calls? to be a good team. I mean, look well, at McCarthy the with the But Cowboys. that's the difference between like, Bill ugh. Belichick and Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid is a coach who historically doesn't make good adjustments. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is the king of adjustments. That's yep. why he ends up winning games so often. And I yep. think when you look at the other coaches, the great coaches in the last 20, 30 years, those are the guys that are able to go in there and say, okay, this was our game plan. It's not working. Let's do this instead because they came out with that. And it's that second half adjustment. And I, I think Vrabel is a tremendous coach. I think you're right. And that's why I love this number. So for me, you get a little bit of the bills maybe with a smaller, you know, with a bigger Bill wager. Titans. And then 
And a little, We're in on it you know, together. Let's little do it. Bit. You Bill's and me, Titans. holding hands together, running through the meadow on the AFC. Let's go. Bills and Titans is going to be beautiful. I'm all about this. Uh, and I'm glad because I, I was very excited to talk about the Titans today. And I'm glad that somebody else besides me is excited about them. And like I said, drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's get to some of the win totals that you mentioned before because obviously there's some really good ones out there. Let's start with the Ravens. The number is 11, plus 100 on the over, minus 120 on the under. You want to go over under on this 11 or stay away from the Ravens 11? Why do you do this to me? Because I'm fun. I don't bet my team. Well, then you could say pass. You could say pass. Uh, Honestly, 11 sounds like a good number in that competitive division. It is a good number. I wouldn't bet it. I would walk away from it. Sometimes the best advice is don't bet. You know that. No, I know. I don't. I don't bet my own team. I'm just one of those people. I won't even throw a dollar. I I bet against my own team as a Mets fan. It's called hedging your happiness. That's what I do. Exact. Oh, hedging your happiness. I've never heard anyone coin that Yeah, That's what I call it. I love that. I hedge my happiness. Can I do that in life? Can I hedge my happiness? Of course. So here's the thing. (laughs) Like, I I do this all the time. And actually, it was my favorite thing to do two years ago with the Ravens. Didn't work out as much last year. Two years ago, my favorite thing to do, because the Ravens were always the team that scored first. They were the best first quarter team in football two years ago. I would go wait for the live opportunity for the Ravens to score in the first quarter. And then I would take the points with the other team. Not asking for the Ravens to lose. I was just saying that they're not going to cover this double-digit spread. Usually the Ravens are favored by six, seven points. So I would end up waiting for it to hit about 10 because the Ravens scored early in the first quarter and take the points with the opposite team. Ravens hopefully win, but the opposite team ends up covering, and I end up hedging my happiness. I love it. Let's hedge our happiness with the Buffalo Bills. 11 over under is the number. Plus 100 on the over, minus 120 on the under. I'm going over on this. Your thoughts? That's my lean right now. Yeah, I'm going over because how do I not go over when I say that this team's going to win the AFC? I also wouldn't be surprised. And the plus money, Ariel. Don't forget about the plus money side on the over, too, which I'm actually kind of surprised about. Oh, I do like the plus money on that over. I'm looking at their schedule now, Buffalo. They have to face the NFC East, which is great. That's awesome for the schedule. (laughs) I mean, they they face Washington, so that's good. Um, They have to face... Let's see. They get the Jets, which is great because, you know, you get Jets twice. You get your ja- uh, you get the Jaguars this year, the Patriots, the Saints that aren't that daunting. So they're facing nope. the NFC South. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I actually could see this being an over because I'm looking at these games. Pittsburgh, they should win at home. Kansas City is a tough game week five that's in Kansas City. They'll probably lose that game. But if they win that game, that's huge. Then they have Monday. They actually have two really tough games back to back, Kansas City, Tennessee. But then they have a bye to look forward to, which is really helpful because they could say, we'll make it through these two games. We go to the bye. And then everything after that's really easy aside for Tampa Bay. I, I say that loosely because it's the NFL. But realistically, you look at the next half of their schedule in the second half off the bye. It's really an easy schedule for Buffalo. Mm. I would take the over on their win total for sure. And we have to adjust our brains too because it's a 17-game season now. Correct. And that's the thing. I think people see these old numbers and they are still – it's not that they forget it, but they're not really equating it properly. Whether it comes to the totals for the players or whether it comes to the win totals. They say, well, it's only one more game. But you know what? It makes a difference. 11 is kind of low in a 17-game season actually for a team that we have expectations for like we do the Buffalo Bills. Uh, All right. Let's go with the Cleveland Browns here. Ten and a half is the number for them. The over is minus 105. The under is 115. This one's tricky. All the volatility, all the characters, if you will, in Cleveland. Can they all put it together and get to that 11 mark? Because that's what they'd have to do to go over. What are your thoughts on this number for Cleveland? 
I just automatically, without looking at the schedule, want to fade Cleveland because everyone is always public on Cleveland. The public always wants to back this team. This is a division in the AFC North that has one of the toughest division schedules in football. The Steelers actually have the hardest schedule in football this year, and I'm pretty sure the Ravens are second toughest, which means the Browns have to be up there too because they're going to play the same opposite conference or same divisions. Now, they have a game against the Chiefs right off the bat in Arrowhead, which, again, a bunch of head cases on this Browns team. You lose that game in Arrowhead, and you're going to be, oh, no, we're 0-1. How does this team bounce back? Well, then they have some pretty easy games. They have Houston, Chicago, but defensively, Chicago could be tough. Minnesota, maybe they're better. But the first half's not that bad for Cleveland. It's going to be down the stretch. Cleveland's schedule is not that bad, honestly, that I'm looking at it. Well, they I mean, it's Ugh. a very tough division. This is the is. this is the it's hyper competitive division. division in the AFC. You know what? So I'm it's a matter of do you under- handle your business against the Pittsburgh or not? If you I mean, handle your exactly. business against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, then I think this is an over. If you struggle against Pittsburgh, I think this is going to be the so under. So here's why I think day. it's an under, because I think that the book is being – I think the book's undervaluing Pittsburgh. I mm-hmm. still see a lot of value on Pittsburgh. The run game can't get worse. The only real issue in Pittsburgh is who's stepping up in defense, because as you mentioned earlier, they lost some of their key linebackers. If the Steelers' defense can be what it normally is, a top 10 unit, it's supposed to have the second best front seven in football this year, according to Warren Sharp. If that's the case, Pittsburgh is going to have over eight and a half wins, which means my guess, based on how the book is handling this, giving the Browns two more wins than the Steelers, at least one of those games is getting split. I mean, one mm-hmm. of those games is going to Pittsburgh, at least. I'm going to say under for the Browns win total, even though the schedule isn't that daunting now that I look at it. It's still a tough division, and I'm very curious to see how this offense does against some top-notch defenses, like if Minnesota or Chicago are improved. All right, let's have some fun here. How about the Texans? The number's four. Again, it's a 17-game season, so So the four sounds... I know, I know. It's minus 140 on the over, (laughs) plus 120 on the under. See, to me, this is all about if Deshaun Watson plays or not. Deshaun Watson plays, obviously it's an over. But if you believe that somehow that's just not going to happen, you hammer this under because they are just atrocious. This is possibly the worst roster in football that I've seen in Mm -hmm. quite some time. And again, taking off the franchise quarterback from it does not make it better. So any here, anything here for you with the, the four number? I would go under for Houston's four and a half because they were four and 12 last year with Deshaun Mm. Watson at quarterback. Now you're going to have a Tarad Taylor. It's we've seen for the last two years that the worst team in football has had one win. I mean, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, I could see the Houston Texans being that team. And honestly, why not? If Watson's not going to be there, which by the way, he's not traveling to the preseason game. If Watson's not going to be in Houston and they're going to try to trade him, then go for a number one quarterback. Go for your next franchise quarterback. Let your team stink this year and find someone out of the college ranks who you can go and draft with the first overall pick. Last one here. Let's do the Dolphins. Nine and a half is the number. The over is plus 115. The under is minus 135. This is really about the development of Tua. Can Mm -hmm. he get to that next level? And like we said before, and we were talking about everything that could possibly be against him last year was... So this is a full regular healthy offseason, a full regular preseason for him. Can they get to this level? Because that was a very competitive team. The Dolphins were very competitive in all of their games. They were a team that really showed up to play defensively as well. The offensive line still in question, but they did add some more talent 
in the wide receiver core. Is that enough here to help kind of pull Tua along in year two in the NFL and maybe pull them over nine and a half? Or is this an easy under? I wouldn't say it's an easy under. I could see this one going over because the nine and a half is still below where this team was last year. Last Mm -hmm. year it was a 10 win team and that was only a 16 game season. And now we're going to go to 17. You're still, again, have to factor in that extra game. I could see that extra game helping Miami get over the nine and a half wins. The problem is that they are going up against certain teams like the Giants, who I could see being a better defense than people are giving them credit for. It was a top 10 defense last year. Carolina also could be improved. They were a young defense last season, but still improved. And Sam Darnold, maybe. And he knows Miami. Um, So looking at who these who they have to play. Of course, Buffalo is going to be their toughest competition and they have them week two. Uh, Jacksonville, they get to play this year. Houston, they play. So they're playing the South and then new Orleans. Isn't that daunting? I mean, not too many. I I could see this team two games against the jets. Obviously you've got two games against Buffalo, which will be tough. And then um, two games against new England, which I could see them splitting I would say I lean over just because I'm not 100% sure that Miami's going to get worse than last year. Now, you do have to factor in Ryan Fitzpatrick and how he had some Fitz magic last season in Miami. It's all in the beard. All the magic goes in the beard. It's all in the beard. I know. It is all about Tua, but he he does have his wide receiver and Jalen Waddle that he's going to be able to play with. So Miami over nine and a half wins. Boy, boy, you can't shake the confidence of that call. Boy, oh boy. Well, confidence. Here's the thing you didn't possibly. ask me about my favorite win total of the season. Well, what is your favorite win total in the AFC? It's Do you in have the one? AFC, yeah. What it's is the it? under for the Jaguars, under six and a half wins. You're telling me that a team that had one win last year all of a sudden is going to have a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back, and a, essentially a rookie head coach in the NFL and Urban Meyer, that they're just going to come into the NFL and do six times better than they did last year? No. We saw it with Cincinnati. They had a new head coach. They had a new quarterback, first pick in the draft. They still only had four wins last year. I'm not buying that you're going to get six more wins because you have all those factors at play. There's still growing pains. I will always tell this story, Joe. When I was covering local news, my favorite thing about covering local news is that on a football weekend, I was able to go from high school football on Friday. And I was shooting the games like with a camera right. on the yeah. field by myself. Shooting the games Friday from the field. Shooting the games Saturday for college football. And shooting a game Sunday for the Carolina Panthers. Seeing the speed. Friday to Saturday. I mean, and I was in North Carolina. So these high school mm-hmm. kids are like legit. And when I would watch these Friday to Saturdays, I said, okay, there's a, there's a difference, but it wasn't anything that I wasn't, you know, prepared for. But then Saturday to Sunday was oh, it's so ridiculous. ridiculous. Anyone, and everyone should get to be on a sideline once so they could see just what it's like. Because and compare it, is so it. Much like go to each sideline, be able mm-hmm. to compare it day by day and see. And I had Cam Newton at quarterback for Carolina Panthers at the time. So being able to see what Cam Newton was doing from a field level And you're trying to shoot it because when you're shooting the games, you're trying to be like a linebacker. You're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what the quarterback's going to do. Is he going to pass? Is he going to throw? I mean, is he going to pass? Is he going to run? And with Cam, you just really don't know. I mean, the head coach doesn't even know what he's going to do because the play call is probably to throw and he's going to try to dive head first into the end zone. So you just don't know. And these players are so fast. That's why when I talk about these these transition years, a quarterback trying to transition into the NFL. It was so impressive what Justin Herbert was able to do last year because he came in on a whim, but coaching a new head coach and a new quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars 
I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna bet an over on this team to have seven wins. I'm gonna say they're gonna go under six and a half. I'm with you. Let's turn the keys once again. You and I pretty much see the AFC the same. Maybe I like the Browns a little bit more than you, but yeah. I like a I like a hot mess sometimes. Sometimes it's fun. I do right. think on paper they're really good. I'm they're just, just such so a deep about- roster. You should be nervous because they are a bunch of knuckleheads. But at the same time, it's a deep bunch of knuckleheads in terms yes. of roster. And that's the one thing in the NFL. You're going to have injuries. And especially on the defensive side, you're looking at some of these guys too. The depth of that roster is so good that – Next man up is actually a pretty good man to put in there. Mm-hmm. All right, two-minute drill these. You ready? We're going to do Uh-oh. some props. Patrick okay. Mahomes, passing yards, over under 5,000.5. 17 games. Too many. Under. I agree. I'm with you. Under for me as well. Lamar Jackson, passing yards, 3,400.5, over under. Ooh, um, probably under. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm just depressed about Rashad Bateman today, but I'm going to say under. Uh, A.J. Brown receiving yards, uh, 1,200.5 over under. Ooh, under because he has Julio next to him now. Over, over. You it's like going it? to be a lot. Oh, I love it. Let's go. A.J. Brown's going to be a okay. top three wide receiver. I like it. Julio Jones, 1,025.5 over under. Ooh, that seems pretty low. It does. We're going to have two 1,000-yard receivers Why on not? Team? We had one two years sure, ago with Evans and Maybe Godwin. he just didn't want to play last year. Over. Uh, who could blame him? Derrick Henry, rushing yards. After a 2,000-yard season, the number is 1,539.5 on betting pros. Well, there are a lot more receivers for them to pass to. Is it sustainable? All right, we're going over. Yeah, let's go. It's over. Derrick Henry. And, of course, my favorite guy, Najee Harris. A thousand point five over under for Najee Harris. Mm, rookie season. Mm. Uh, over. They're going to keep Big Ben healthy. Over. Absolutely. I'm with you. There we go. Lots of agreements, a few disagreements, but more importantly, great information. And that's why, of course, I asked you to come on the show. And you should all be following her on the Twitter machine because Ariel Epstein is an absolute beast there. Ariel Epstein is where you can find her on the Twitter machine. She is the prop queen for a reason. Go check her out every single morning on sportsgrid.com and everywhere you can watch SportsGrid all over your television. She does fantastic work. She does every single sport. I'm jealous. I can't possibly do that. My head would explode. Ariel, what else you got going on? Because I know you're a busy lady. Just a lot on the morning after, three hours a day, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday. And this weekend, our pro football today is going to start up on Sports Grid, which is 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Usually when it starts football season, Mm. it will be uh, leading up to kickoff, which is great because we bring on so many great analysts and people that will help us like Dr. David Chow, profootballdoc.com. I absolutely love talking to him on game day because he helps me more so with props than anything else. Because think about it, whatever teams, who cares? about spreads and totals <laughs> and money lines we're all about the props and fantasy that's right. and that's, that's what dr right. chow is so good at he helps us to tell hey this player is at 100 percent, and this player is not and that's great and once again i'll be the opening act every year like i Love am it. from 8 to 10 for ariel's main act. show i've heard I, it i, I mean it, I, it's, it's an act oh it's an act oh it's, it's an, an act. act all right so they let me kind of warm up the crowd and then ariel's the main show uh, pro football today starting at 10 that's when the real experts come in there so again go follow her on twitter at ariel epstein and go check her out everywhere you can that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for ariel epstein i'm joe pizapia we'll see you next time kids 